You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, it's Chris Perfett, host of the Pride of Detroit POD cast. So the podcast you're about to listen to is part of a new feature we're adding to our podcast feeds. We're rolling it out with this one. We're calling it the Scraps. In case you're not aware, we record these podcasts live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, where we have a live audience who joins us. They chat with us. They watch the show. We, we do it like a radio show. We don't record the podcast. We don't say, all right, start over again, start over again. We do everything live. Every time we throw to commercial, though, we sit down and we chat with that live audience for a while. People send us questions. We answer them. Whatever's on our mind. We have a lot. It's, it's a lot of grab ass. It's a lot of thanking our followers and those who monetarily support us on Twitch. But sometimes we do veer into topics that don't usually make it into the main POD cast. You know, usually it's smaller lion subjects or we're talking about other NFL teams, other Detroit sports, just or sometimes just silly things we used to get into back when we were starting POD cast in the early years where we'd start talking about like, you know, nachos or arguing about movies or whatever things that we've kind of cut out as we become a more focused lions podcast. These things just don't show up in POD cast anymore, but we figured we wanted to at least give you the option to start to consume that content. If you would like to, it's not going to be nearly on topic like POD cast is, but I still think there's, Probably our listeners out there who would appreciate this. Uh, if you just want focused Lions talk, feel free to skip this podcast and just move along to First Bite or POD Cast. But if you want kind of the lighter side of Pride of Detroit, then jump on right in. This is the Scraps. This is the first attempt to make the Scraps. We welcome you. <laughs> welcome to the Scraps. Here's, here's a fun tweet from Adam, Sch- Adam Schefter, y'all. Uh-oh. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is not expected to attend Green Bay's mandatory minicamp. All right, but is he going to get fined or no? That's that's the question. He he is subject to almost a hundred thousand dollars in fines, but Chunk yep, change. not going to be there. And that I mean that's that's a significant play, right? Like the Packers. Have that's dug the most their important he- play. Yeah, the Packers have dug their heels in and said like we're not trading him, we're not trading him. Ball was in Aaron Rodgers' court, and this is a huge sign that, guess what? He's dug in, too. Yeah, this is... Um, this, this is me making the, the slow Grinch this smile is, this face. Is my, this is my making the shocked Pikachu face right now. Like, really? He, he, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. I think we were... Ryan, I think we had talked before about, like, Deshaun Watson. Will he really act on, you know, I, I think that... We all knew he was going to act on what he was going to do before bleep hit the fan for him. Um, We never really got to see that with the Texans because they stood by him. But this is the same thing. And now it's with someone who's even more stubborn and even more. I I don't want to I don't want to use the word petty, but he definitely holds grudges. Rogers like this is a man who cut his entire family, most of his family out of his life over some. Over some past slights. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, it's really going to just be so telling whether or not the Packers end up finding him, you know, each day that he's not at mandatory minicamp. And I would venture to guess that they're not going to, because it, it, if they were, then that would send that. I mean, come on, that would only that goes piss nuclear. off. That, that goes that nuclear. Would, yeah, that would only piss off Rogers even more. Right. So. Although they have reached that point, like I think who was it? It was a Packers uh, executive saying like this has divided our fan base, literally trying to putting it on Rogers that, you know, you've turned our fans against each other. Yeah. And uh, it's clear that Rogers doesn't want to play because he had a five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus that he could have got. True. So no, he's already no. six. So he's already five hundred thousand in the hole, and each day he's away yeah. another hundred thousand. No, no, no. A total, a total of hundred thousand ex- for, for the three me. days. Yeah, it's about so ninety three thousand. He could be about six six hundred thousand in the hole right yeah. now. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And then I think once training camp comes around, like you, that's it's not optional to find him. You, the player gets fined for not showing yeah. up to training camp. So, I mean, that's far off. We're, we're a month away, but it's, it's interesting because I hear, I hear Packers fans talk about this. And since everything has gone right in their lives as Packers fans, a lot of them just assume this is going to work itself out. A lot of them just assume like, yeah, Brett Favre threw a, threw a fit and he's going to show up. He's going to eventually show up, then eventually get traded. And we're eventually going to have Jordan Love and eventually going to be fine. I, I think there's a lot of Packers fans that just assume like, Aaron Rodgers will eventually come around. Maybe the ones you see on Twitter. I I know for at least for the two Packers fans I work with, they've already resigned themselves that that Rodgers is out of town. Like, so I think it's maybe maybe they're just going through the stages of grief a little faster. But um, I I know at least one guy who ran a a Packers podcast literally yelling at Aaron Rodgers like we made you. It's like, okay, man. Um, but it's 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 divided them for sure. I think that executive is absolutely right that right. it's divided their fans. It's just I don't know it, how much yeah, it's yeah. I, I just it, it tickles me that 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 there are just so many spoiled Packers fans out there that are just like, oh, we're gonna be fine. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like yeah. even if he doesn't show up, we're just gonna have Jordan Love. We'll be fine. It's just like, oh, so you're you're fine just just losing last year's MVP. You're just fine losing a first belt Hall of Famer who clearly has left, you know, he clearly has stuff left to, to, to show. Okay, sure. Whatever you want, Packers fans. Keep keep throwing out your memes about how you're not paying attention to the rest of the NFC North and and you're all high and mighty, but uh, this is trouble. And I'm I got a big old smile on my face when you guys are in trouble. If I donate zero bits, can I get an Orlovsky running out of the end zone to commemorate zero bits? What was what was Orlovsky's number? Was it eight? Eight, I believe. Six. Yeah. Was, was it six? It six? Might have been six. I think he might have went back and forth between a couple of them. <clears throat> Either way, whatever his number is, yes. Dan Dan wore three different numbers with the Detroit Lions. Um, really? Yeah, he was he was number six in the twenty uh, in the two thousand eight season. He was number. Eight in his final year with Detroit. Do you know what his number was when he first came to Detroit? Ooh, I um, don't. But my, I, I have my fingers crossed. Is what I really, really hope it is. It was not sixty nine. No, <laughs> I hope it was it, two, and it was just a sign I, that he was going to get safety in in, in a serious way <laughs> sometime down the road. It, it 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 couldn't have been nine. It wasn't nine, was it? It was nine. Yeah, it was nine. 
Oh. Wow. And he gave did he get he didn't give it up to Stafford because yeah, he was six by uh 2008. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. Oh wow. And then you know the quarterback who was eight when he was in Detroit was was it it wasn't Harrington, was it? Kitna. Oh, that's right. Kitna. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so did wow, Dan Orlowski my... forgive give his number to John Kitna? <laughs> what a man remember when we didn't have quarterbacks that was that was a sad time that we lasted got Joey 50 Harrington years in there remember who remembers who remembers Garcia remember Dante, Garcia. who remembers Lions Dante. legend Dante Culpepper Culpepper <laughs> roll on. Mm-hmm. wow let's not play this game I think oh, did no. we get, someone someone which, keeps joking someone at work keeps joking that uh, that I'm going that I'm always our, our friend Jonas Knox, who's been on the show, he always when he introduces me on his radio show, he always likes to joke that I am uh, desperately trying to find a, a signed Scott Mitchell jersey. I think 19 is a good number for quarterbacks. I think it's an underrated number for quarterbacks. Anything with double digits seems like an underrated number for quarterbacks. It also I seems dis- weird. I disagree too. highly. I like 19. Why not? Why don't you like it? I don't know. I just doesn't. I like I like the single digits. You like the single general. digits. It, there's a reason why every cornerback wants single digits is because they're cool. Nobody said my favorite quarterback yet. Rodney Pete. No. Well, Mike it's McMahon. not Dante. Charlie oh, McMahon. Wow. Mike McMahon. Wow. <laughs> what? That doesn't fit you at all. It doesn't. I could have sworn you were a Dante Culpepper guy. He was mobile. <laughs> That's all. Eric Kramer. It was that Eric all along. Kramer. <laughs> why? Why are we doing this to ourselves right now? I have something else. I don't know if we should save this for the podcast or not. Probably not. We can talk about it here. Um, yeah. But Julio Jones and Carson Wentz both get traded in the 2021 calendar year, and neither of those players fetch a first round pick for either of their teams. Mm-hmm. How the hell did the lions get two first round picks and a third <laughs> round pick and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford? Well, uh, a very carefully. Yeah. Real quick, Jeremy, you missed the beginning of the part, but I was saying like Julio, Julio Jones? Jones. Yeah. And Carson Wentz 2021 both get traded. Neither of them fetch a first round draft pick. The lions get two for Matthew Stafford. I think Julio Jones, that was more the reality of you. He's an he's a veteran wide receiver and those just don't fetch first rounders as much as people, I think, think Julio's great. I just don't see the value there for that. Um, For Wentz, I think it's just Wentz sucks. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, I know he had the MVP season, but he sucks. And um, I I think Indy's in a bad place. But no, I, I know what you mean is that. The Lions somehow got a king, like more than just a first round, but as you said, two first rounds, a quarterback and a third rounder. Like they got a king's ransom for Stafford. And I think that's more about Stafford than it is about Wentz and Julio Jones or the rest of the market. It's just, you know, we, we, we've, we've had all the hot takes questioning how great Stafford is, but clearly the Rams and the rest of the market knew his value to be that great. So then the question becomes, if Wentz does suck, which I am of the belief that he is, he is less good than he is good. Suck it, weren't, weren't, weren't we all 
just spending the offseason talking about how incredible Ed Dodds is and Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts front office are a bunch of geniuses. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what a lot of Colts fans are trying to educate me on that they yeah. were desperately trying to educate me on while calling while trying to uh, email Jeremy asking for me to be fired for being unprofessional. I mean, I, I do think things lined up so perfectly for the Lions in, in this instance, because they had a, they first the first thing I think that that's maybe most important is they were out there first. Mm-hmm. They were the yes. first one to have their quarterback on the market. They were they they did it before everyone started panicking about not not that people didn't know about the salary cap and how troublesome it would be, but they got in even before free agency, before they were before teams were balancing these contracts and all that sort of stuff. And they had a lot of bidders. And I think do I think the the Rams overpaid for Matthew Stafford? Yeah, I think they probably did honestly. And and they they found a team that was just an absolute perfect fit for Matthew Stafford because one and there's a team for it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a team that was, you know, knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. It's a team that Matthew Stafford is, is more than happy to go to. And it's a team that, that has this philosophy of first round picks aren't worth that much to us. We're, we're willing to spend them to, to, to get to the next level. And Julio Jones goes on the market after free agency, after the draft and, and sure. After the June 1st designation too. Right. And, and, and yes, he was, I think people knew he was available before then, but they still have to fit a pretty hefty contract into the equation after everything is done. And that, that makes it trickier. And, and, and certainly a 32 year old quarterback is more valuable, valuable than a 32 year old wide receiver. But I think, I think the Lions, yeah. And I, I think it's hard to argue. And, and really from the get go, everyone was saying it like the lions got a ransom and they should be happy with, with how they handled that situation. Again, there, are, there will always be the debate whether they should have taken the Carolina deal. And, and it, it's, it's a debate worth having, but um, the lions lines couldn't have handled that better uh, from the get go. And, and it, it really put a feather in, in Brad Holmes's cap from, from the start. Yeah. Can I ask you, Ryan, do you think, sorry if it's not Lions related, but do you feel like as you yourself being a betting man or in someone else who watch, who watches the rest of the NFL too, though, does Julio Jones on the Titans move the needle for them, for you at all? I think so. Big time. Big yeah, time for really? me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it does. Because he, here's the thing. Corey Davis just went out in a very depleted <clears throat> In terms of in terms of the contracts that teams were willing to give out, Corey Davis went out and he got paid. Mm-hmm. What is Julio Jones going to do in the Corey Davis role? Mm. And if you want, and if you and okay, so if all of a sudden now you're going to give this extra attention to Julio Jones, well, AJ Brown, who you know was a Pro Bowler last year, well, he's he's gonna he's gonna feast. And you know, if you want to lock him up and you want to spread out your defense like that, well. Derek Henry is in the backfield. Yeah, it makes a much harder scheme. I don't. I don't think that any team in the NFL has the skill position players that the Tennessee Titans do. Like Tampa Bay Bucks included. Ooh, I mean, are, is 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 it enough to move them up to maybe challenge the Chiefs in my, your mind for AFC favorite for the preseason, or are you still going with the Kansas City? It's really hard uh, because I. Here's the thing, the Ryan Tannehill renaissance, right? I think everybody has this perception of Ryan Tannehill as being the guy who was in Miami under people like Joe Philbin. But 
Tannehill has completely resurrected his career in Tennessee. And you know what? Maybe it is a product of being surrounded with the kind of talent that they have. Their offensive line is solid. They have Derrick Henry. They have A.J. Brown. They've had these skill position players. But, okay, they added one of the greatest wide receivers of all time who can still do it, who still has it. I I don't see what, like, AFC championship game or bust. Yeah, I just for me, what what kind of it, it moves the needle, but not as much for me just because it, it is Tannehill for me. Like he just he can't really like Julio Jones will stretch the field for you. And I don't know if Tannehill has the arm to really do that sometimes. Um, I know my Rams friends were more were very upset because they wanted to see Jones with Stafford because he would have been a perfect pairing for Stafford. But, you know, I don't know how much more capital the Rams have to give away. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, too, if if the Rams were able to pull that off, I would. I would have to be just perplexed at how any how the salary cap works anymore. (laughs) Very carefully. Magic. The the weird thing to me about him landing in Tennessee, though, is that that team was already good on offense. That was already the number four offense in the league in terms of points scored last year where they failed was defense. And I'm not so sure that they got better. Like the, the room for them to improve on offense isn't that much. I don't think. And, and sure. Like just cause you're fourth doesn't mean you can't be first and first by a wide margin, but I mean, you're scoring 27 points a game. Uh, no, you're scoring 30.7 points per game last year. Jeez, wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, how, how, how much more can you really make that rate? How much more of a difference does Julio Jones make? And, Listen, it makes them better. There's no doubt about it. And and they're a better offense than they were two days ago. No question about it. I'm just kind of wondering in terms of building an overall team, how much of a different difference maker is he? And and I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'm not complaining if I'm a Titans fan right now. I'm just kind of curious as to what the plan is for the other side of the ball. Yeah, I think I think from what Ryan was talking about, it did. They did have to replace Corey Davis. And it does basically, again, like it's just hard to plan for them now. You either. You know, you you defend inside and worry about Derrick Henry or you stretch to worry about Julio Jones and um, you can beat them if they go one way or another then. Yeah. And, you know, we I think that's a good question you asked, Jeremy. But if four, three of their first four draft picks, defensive side of the ball. Like they I mean, yeah. they may have hit the lottery with Caleb Farley. Relying on, on rookies. I don't know if that's a good strategy. I. But hey, I, all I'm saying is that I think what they did this offseason, they didn't completely ignore that side of the ball. And yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think relying on rookies will only get you in trouble. But if those rookies can be propped up by the other side of the ball, like almost scoring at will, because here's the one I, you know, Chris, Patrick Mahomes is, is both of our large adult son. Um, mm-hmm. Our catch up loving son. Yeah, we share we share custody over the Kermit voiced. Um, thrower of perfect spirals um, and all the trick passes. But in in Ryan Tannehill's last 24 starts with the Titans, he's had better numbers than Patrick Mahomes, a 114 QB rating, 61 total touchdowns to just 10 interceptions and a 67.7 completion percentage. Like all of those numbers are better than what Pat Mahomes has done in the past 24 games with the Chiefs. And and I love the emphasis on Nick Saban being like, you know, the domino that tipped everything yeah. over. Like <laughs> Nick, Nick called him. 
Yeah, like Nick Saban's, uh, you know, good word on Julio Jones was what, you know, made the Titans feel comfortable about pulling the trigger. Not, not the fact that the dude is like it's been put right? up insane I mean, stats. And Nick Saban was his coach a dozen years ago. Like, how if you're going to judge me, if you're going to judge me on the person I was 12 years ago. You're you're not getting the the right scouting report. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you are you gonna call my are you gonna call my boss who I like quit my job because I wanted to coach powder puff football? Like that's gonna be my judge of character. I listen. I I respect Spider Man. I just think they need like one more reboot. Then 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 I'll feel good. You heard it here first, folks. Jeremy will not respect Spider-Man without a reboot. Jeremy, Jeremy's lacking in Spider-Man respect. Like I, I haven't quite picked up the origin story of Spider-Man yet. I think I need <laughs> one more reboot to, to really drive it home. Was it, yeah, was it his Uncle May that got that he, that he lived with? It was Uncle no, you May, see his parents, it? his parents, they took him, his parents took him to see the Mark of Zorro. And they got, you know, held up outside oh, of the theater right. yep. and there was the pearls and they both got shot. And then, yeah. oh, wait, hold on. And then from hold that I'm being moment, told, I'm being told by our invisible producer that uh, I'm thinking of uh, Superman. OK, yeah, 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 yeah that sounds right. You got <laughs> all ba- Batman's, guys. Batman's the, the alien outcast guy, right? Like he, yeah. he had some sort of freakish accident that made him an alien Batman. or something. It means and then he, he has that watch that turns him into other aliens. <clears throat> we're doing a very boomer thing here where we just it, have, it's like when belichick goes out there and he says i don't know about snap face or insta chat <laughs> when he totally knows what those things are like that's guys what we're have, doing here guys have all of this wrong it was when two spiders had sex they made a wow. spider they made a man. spider man a spider and where a, did the and man human come sex. from and why yeah. do not ever say sex like you did that time <laughs> <laughs> Twitter had sex. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Once you get me talking about super, superhero movies, I can't go to the movies anymore. There's just like, there's nothing for me anymore. It makes me sad. Yeah. Well, you can thank everyone getting up on superhero movies for that. Yeah. And, and now, now we get, now we so get. So many people uh, have ironically watched fucking Fast and the Furious that there's 18 billion of them. Oh, no. I mean, well, who was doing that? Yeah. Who do we have to blame for that? I did it once. I did it once in did a 24 see, hour period. Did you see that they wanted to like crossover? I, I think this is more of a question for Ryan. Oh yeah. Crossover Jurassic Park and Fast and the Furious. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Don, wouldn't Don you like do driving, a, dro- Don driving a charger near a cliff and then kicking a velociraptor off out the door of his, uh, of his charger. <laughs> uh, how the cliff? Fu- That'd be awesome. How, fu- how fun does that sound? That how fun amazing. is it? How fun better than the second Jurassic World by like a million miles? You would have Ludacris riding a brontosaurus. Who doesn't (laughs) want to see that? Excuse me, it's a brachiosaur. Did you ever see a Fast and Furious movie in theaters? No, I've only seen Fast and Furious movies in that 24 hour span. That is the only time I've ever seen it. And it's probably the only time I ever will see it. I will not see it outside of that 24 hour span. I'm not. I'm not going to see. Have you? Fast did you nine. see? I'm not going to see fast ten year seatbelts. I'm not going to see any of that shit. Fast ten year seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call up. I'm going to call up Universal right now. Let them know. Let them know we've got the script for the next one. Jeremy defends fun in the first segment, but nobody can watch Fast and the Furious. <laughs> shit, he got me. <laughs> that was. The scraps.